Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars, and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show. We talk about work-life balance, but I love calling it work-life integration because with the technology that we have today, it really is hard to just disconnect. I mean, long are the days where you can walk into an office and you're, you know, you put on your work hat and you walk out of the office and you're somebody different. That just, yeah. it doesn't, one, you can't be two different people. It's really yeah. hard to do. So to try to force that on people just doesn't quite make sense. So I like to, I always like to look at it as work-life integration, but I think today because of COVID, people are really seeing what that actually means. You can't completely disconnect yourself. So I think I'm fortunate because the career I've chosen, um, being a mom actually I think has made me a better HR leader. I think it's helped me build patience that I probably didn't have early in my career. It's helped me be more compassionate, which I probably wasn't when I was younger in my career and probably was so driven that, you know, (laughs) compassion probably was second, um, if I'm honest. so I think a lot of those things has helped me be a better people leader. Anna serves as Anom Data Solutions Vice President of People and Culture, where she's responsible for providing guidance and leadership to senior managers. Since joining the team in August of 2017, Anna has worked on aligning human resources initiatives with the strategic goals of the organization and finding creative ways to cultivate a culture that encourages innovation, collaboration, and agility. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Very happy to have our friend, Grow member, and, uh, you know, Anna with us today. How are you, Anna? I'm doing well, Rika. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, and I know it's been quite an interesting, you know, time for you having family, working from home, and dealing with all the things that you know, a lot, lot of parents are dealing with in times of, of coronavirus. So how, how are you coping? You know, I know one thing that you are very big on is, you know, the conversation on emotional well-being and mm-hmm. how are you coping with, you know, all the things that you generally cope with, but together in the same place right now? <laughs> all in, under one roof. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the things I early started is kind of one day at a time attitude is, every day is a little bit different. Every day you're going to be feeling different emotions that you weren't feeling before. So I, you know, I try to, at least with my kids, try to focus on, okay, one day at a time, this is new for everybody. None of us really know what we're doing here and that's okay. We'll figure it out. And maybe one day will be easier than the next day, but um, we'll figure this out together and let's talk about what's working and what's not working, especially when they were in school. I think that conversation really helped was if it didn't work, tell me, and we'll try to do something better tomorrow. And if it's really not working when you guys are just very overwhelmed, we'll stop. And yeah. you know, we'll see what we can do to fix it. So 
it's really that one day at a time. This is something new for all of us. And it's okay to say we don't know what we're doing and we'll figure it out together. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, and one thing that, I, that this situation has, has unveiled is that life is one, right? I mean, work is embedded in life, but there's no Anna who goes to work who is a different right. person from Anna who is at home, right? Because now... Mm-hmm we realize that Anna is just one person and she's working and she's, sure. you know, having family responsibilities. So I, I'm curious, you know, your, your life as a, as, a, as a mom and now at home, homeschooling your children, taking care of things at home, but also working. What do you bring from your responsibility as a mom into the work <laughs> that you do in HR? And what do you bring, bring from the world uh, and the work that you do in HR into your responsibilities as, as, as a mom and, and parent and, you know, taking care of things at home? I love this question um, because I think it's one of the things that I talk about with, you know, some of the employees at our office. It's, we talk about work-life balance, but I love calling it work-life integration because with the technology that we have today, it really is hard to just disconnect. I mean, long are the days where you can walk into an office and you're, you know, you put on your work hat and you walk out of the office and you're somebody different. That just, yeah. it doesn't, one, you can't be two different people. It's really yeah. hard to do. So to try to force that on people just doesn't quite make sense. So I like to, I always like to look at it as work-life integration, but I think today because of COVID, people are really seeing what that actually means. You can't completely disconnect yourself. So I think I'm fortunate because the career I've chosen, um, being a mom actually I think has made me a better HR leader. I think it's helped me build patience that I probably didn't have early in my career. It's helped me be more compassionate, which I probably wasn't when I was younger in my career and probably was so driven that, you know, Mm. (laughs) compassion probably was second, um, if I'm honest. Um, So I think a lot of those things has helped me be a better people leader. Um, And I'll say people leader because I think that's really what the HR of today should be where people leaders. So I think that, you know, compassion, patience, um, communication, um, slowing down and just really trying to listen. I think all of those things, um, since I became a mom has helped tremendously. And then from work to home, I think it's kind of the same things, right? I'm talking all day. I think sometimes you, people think that their kids, we should talk down on them and we should, you know, tell them what to do. But if you really think about you're trying to build the humans that are going to be better people when they go into the workforce, you probably want to do the same. You want to use the same communication methods you use as employees. So I try to think about that when I talk to my kids and say, okay, if this was one of my employees, I would not yell at them. I would not put them down. What is the best way for me to communicate? So I think that has translated, especially now that I'm at home, because I can't turn it off, right? I, I had yeah. <laughs> if I have an if I have a conversation with an employee and I'm being very patient and I'm trying to understand and trying to help guide them to where they want to be, it's hard to turn that off when I then turn to my son and try to tell him something. So yeah. it's technically helped me be better at communicating with my kids, which I love. I appreciate. <laughs> that that's amazing, and I love that you are bringing these these worlds that are really one world that you live in separate stages, but, uh, but I'm glad that you are bringing all the experience from one uh, into the other. That's, that's incredible. You know, one of the things that I know you're very big on is innovation in HR. And, and if there's one, one thing that we are realizing now is 
how insufficient the traditional thinking in HR has been to, in general, but more importantly, to, to cope with a crisis and a shock, shocking experience like what we're going through right now. When you think about innovation in HR, what comes to your mind? What, 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 do you, what, what are the areas in which you think HR should be innovating, especially to prepare the workplaces and the workforce to be resilient to shocks like the ones we're going through right now, coronavirus? I think first and foremost is what HR really means is the first thing I think we have to, especially within a company. So when I look at what my role is within my company very early, my communication was it's not just process and compliance. Yeah. Yes, we are good at that and it is important, but that's not my primary. Um, so the disruption for me there was my concern is the people. How do we create a better experience within our organization? And what, what are the things we need to change in order to create that? It might be technology, it might be processes, it might be just the way we communicate to people. But I think first and foremost for me is really articulating what does it mean to be the people leader for this organization? And it's not the standard HR compliance leader. Don't go to the HR office because you just go to put in a complaint. And that was the hardest thing for me to, to and I still, I still struggle with that here up today at our company is trying to get people to see that you're not just coming to HR um, to put in complaints. You know, we really are here to support you and try to give you the best um, resources and experience to make you successful here. And if that's really what we're here for, we should be talking every day. We shouldn't yeah. be just talking when there's issues. So I think for me, that was the innovation I brought to this organization is trying to get people to see that we really truly are people leaders and that's how we run our team. That's, uh, that's powerful because it is a shift from like you're saying, from compliance, transaction, administration, which is, is something that we have to do, right? It's like, you know, every job has like, you know, if it was well-designed, it may have, you know, 20% of things that you have to do, even when you don't like doing them. And then the rest should be that space to, in the case of HR, to be people leader, which is the fun part of HR. And uh, in other jobs, it could be, you know, something around other areas of creativity and, and, and curiosity and imagination. If you, you know, when you dream, if you dream about HR, a different <laughs> HR going forward, I'm not saying that you yeah. dream with HR, but if you dream with a better HR, if you, can you describe what a better HR looks like to you? Like, you know, uh, uh, so many people these days, uh, it, it's been historically like this, do not trust HR for many reasons. One of them is what you just said. They think HR is there only for, for when something's wrong. And when they are called from HR, it's like, these guys are going to fire me. Um, so we, we, we're bringing up a, a bad rap that has been dragging on for a long period of time. So when you dream about or think about a different kind of HR, what comes to your mind? What's, what, what do you dream with? What's, uh, what's the description of that ideal HR in your mind? Yeah. Um, well, first, I think it's getting rid of HR language altogether. I, I think when you say hum, when you say human resources, you really are just thinking about us as or people as a resource for the company instead of thinking of them as people. So I think that's first long hopefully are the days that we refer to ourselves as HR and more to people. And I, you know, I find myself still saying I'm HR because that's, you know, it makes the most sense to people. But 
hopefully going forward, people understand what it means to be a people leader. And it's really having someone in the organization that's 100% focused on creating the right experience for employees to create a successful company because they are leaked. They are, there's a lot, a lot of research out there that shows that when you create the right people experience and you make people feel valued and welcomed, your company's going to be very successful. So um, that's, for me, that's, that would be the new HR is really people and a team that helps people do the best work they can by setting up the right environment, by setting up the right, um, by making them feel belonged, um, by set, you know, creating a safe space for them, all that stuff that's under that umbrella. Yeah. yeah. And how do you, uh, how do you build that every day in your role? Like what, what things do you do you do to be able to bring the best out of people and and uh, how do you do it you ask i think first and <laughs> foremost you ask right i always tell people i don't have all the answers and if you guys aren't telling me what's you know what it is that's causing concerns or what it is that's keeping you from being successful in this role i wouldn't know how to fix it for you um because everybody's different and i i do believe that there is a way to customize every role in such a way to make that particular person successful there should be yeah. if, if you're doing things right there should be so i think what first and foremost you ask we don't have all the answers you go to your employees and you say what it, what do you what do you need to be successful and it starts with the interview process as well right yeah. when you interview people you should be trying to find out what makes them successful to ensure that you have that in place because yeah. if you're gonna if you don't have something that's gonna make them successful neither one of you is going to win and it's going to be a waste of both of the time, the company yeah. and the people. So um, one is ask, second is do, because <laughs> you can ask all day long, but if you're not going to, if you're not going to take actions against what employees are asking for, then that's worse. You just, you know, you talk about trust. Um, you lose trust very quickly if yeah. you're just asking and then you're not doing. Yeah. I love, I love that you're saying that. And, you know, one thing that comes to mind with what you're saying is is this idea of humanity, right? A meaning that leaders, organizations don't have to have, don't have to have the uh, all the answers for all the things that we go through or all the things that people want, but they do have to have the intentionality to ask the kind of questions that can help them unveil ideas, information, knowledge, and then take action based on that. Um, so I love that you're saying that. Um, Anna, I, I want to talk a little bit about your, your industry, which is, you know, technology, real estate. Yeah. And I'm guessing that you are following, of course, all the, uh, all the implications of yes. coronavirus for the real estate industry. Yeah. And what, you know, have, what, what, what have you envisioned will happen with, with this industry, um, particularly when it comes to preparing employees to think differently about the real estate industry? Because I think this, like, like the tra travel industry, like the tourist industry, this is one of the hardest hit uh, industries in, in, the, sure. in the economy space, if you will, because of coronavirus. So have you talked about this? Have you, what, 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 what do you have in mind in, in, in that sense? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think obviously our entire executive team is talking about it and keeping an eye on it to see yeah. you know, what, what's happening out there. Um, and there is, the real estate industry is, it's obviously going to take a really hard hit um yeah. and we 
I think what we've been trying to create at Adam is it's, um, disruption, similar to how I talk about HR and the disruption we're trying to create in HR. I think that's something we're trying to create as well within um, the real estate industry space because it's been very much, um, there hasn't been a lot of evolution when it comes to who has access to real estate, you know, who can mm. be an investor, who can do all those things. And um, when situations like this happen, those are the people who um, end up benefiting from it, right? Those people who have access to certain information who can then benefit yeah. from all these foreclosures and people not being able to afford their homes. But that's something that I think we're trying to create a space for where more people can have access to this information so that now we even the playing field when it comes to real estate. So there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to real estate and technology and real estate and data. Um, you know, our company has been fortunate enough to do really well through this COVID stage because we do offer information that everybody needs. Yeah. Everybody needs information about their real estate, about their homes. Um, so, you know, it's unfortunate that we, you know, do benefit from some of what's coming what's going on but it is something that we can continue um to see how creating transparency how that can influence how the real estate market actually works i, I don't know what the right answer is there um i don't know how when you open up and everybody has equal access to information how that changes how a market looks right yeah. um, because it should, it should change it, it yeah change yeah it. Tremendously. So I think, um, you know, it's exciting to see what we're able to continue to create and continue to provide access for all. Um, yeah. It's kind of our, that's, you know, that's our goal, our drive. No, and, it, and it's amazing that you do it. And, and you ask the question, you know, how things, do, do things change when people have access to information and how do they change? I mean, they, you know, the answer to the first question is, is yes. You know, but like we, we are in a, we are, if it's sometimes even drowning in a, in a, in a sea of, of data. And some people take advantage of that data, some others don't. But those who do, uh, you know, they, they can visualize a horizon that is further than anybody else because now they have data. They can drive decisions based on that data. They can unveil some possible scenarios and get ready for them. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's powerful that you're doing that. Based on, on, on the data that you're collecting in, your, in, your, in, the, in the real estate industry and thinking a little bit about the HR function within the real estate industry, what do you think HR professionals in this space will need to build as a skills and capabilities? If you have thought about that, I don't know if, if you have thought about it, but what, what skills capabilities do you think HR professionals in, this, in, the, in the real estate industry will need yeah. to embrace, to build in order to stay relevant going forward? Yeah. Um, I haven't given it a lot of thought, but kind of off the top of my head, you know, um, so we, we provide the data. So our, you know, in our space, it's a little bit more, when I talk about our workforce, it's a little bit more um, technology and data analyst driven, right? But when I talk about real estate, so our customers who we're serving, you know, maybe they're brokers, maybe they're real estate agents. And um, is this whole COVID experience has really disrupted how they can even do their work. Right, yeah. and how they can um, process just information. I think, you know, we've worked with clients who have tried to um, create streamlines that are driven by technology more rather than very um, manual paper, which is kind of when you think of real estate, everything seems really old school. So, um, 
this, I think COVID has completely forced an industry that used to be, you know, I have to go show a house in person and I have to get you papers in person and I have to do all these things and it's a very dragged out process to, it's forced them to now think about it in such a way where how do I do this all virtually? Yeah. You know, how do I, how do I show homes in a, you know, a 3D tour, which I've seen, you know, companies doing, how do I get people to sign off paperwork here um, remotely because we can't yeah. see people in person. So it's definitely forced a change that I think a lot of companies, including ourselves, have tried to say, hey, we should be doing this. And those are the type of clients we work with, um, trying to put technology out there that helps, you know, give everybody access to this and to real estate. Um, so, but it's forced it. It's, it's forced it on those companies who weren't quite ready to do it or who pushed back against it. It's yeah. forced it's forced that almost like, you know, for us in HR, it's forced how we look at a workforce rather than having people in office. Now we have people remote. So it's conversations that people have been having for years now, but it has forced our hand to think about the workforce differently. Yeah. And it, it's amazing that when you think I'm not, I'm not familiar with the, with, you know, all the jargon and the, and the details of the real estate industry, but I'm guessing that similarly to other industries, you, when you would ask some to, for something to be done, you know, let's do 360 virtual tours. You know, you got like this big book of excuses not to do it right before coronavirus. Like, well, no, people don't like that or they don't have the technology or it's going to be expensive. And we were forced, like you're saying, our hand was forced in, a, in an extremely short period of time to, to change because otherwise we would be going out of business. Right. And, and in my view, I don't know if you would agree with this. It's not just the, the actual changes that are happening, but it's also the fact that we're learning how to make change happen and how to be more creative. And whether we go back to what was happened, the way things were before or not, I think we are embracing the capabilities to be more resilient to crisis and to quickly say, all right, we have to be creative. And this is the process that we followed before. We put a problem on the table. We brought people together. And this is how we solved it. So I'm, to me, one of the, I call it silver lining. I know I have friends who call it the gift of the crisis. One of them is the, the fact that we are you know, embracing capabilities to, to quickly change the ways we operate. And, and that's powerful. I think... Uh, you know, in your industry and many other industries, what, you know, do, do you have any, uh, what do you think about that? You know, that, 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 that embracing of capabilities to, to update yeah. and change. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I, I will add, I think for, um, again, for people leaders, um, if I think about the value of what we have been able to do, um, is for those of us who were thinking about that kind of going forward, you know, things that technology is always advancing just in general, you should have been thinking already, yeah. what, what's the type of workforce that I should have within our company that's going to help, um, that's going to be agile enough to make those changes with the, you know, with the advances in technology. Um, so if we were already thinking that, I think COVID even more, you know, teaches us that we should be looking at our workforce and talking about, you know, what are the, the types of employees that we want to have working with us who can um, change quickly, who yeah. have, you know, have 
are innovators who understand, you know, technology is changing and there's opportunities to do things differently than what we did yesterday. Yeah. So we should be, you know, as people leaders, we should be talking about that when we talk about recruiting and talent. And um, what are the t what are the types of people that we want, the type of leaders that we want too, because yeah. that's driven by our leaders. So yeah. our leaders have to have that mindset going in. So I think that's the companies have, who have been able to do that successfully are those companies who have had that leadership in place and who have the staff in place that um, they know that because of our technology advances, there's, there is a possibility that we'll need to make changes and make changes quickly. And how ready are we to do that? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's powerful. I know, you know, March, March sounds like a generation ago, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, four months ago and, and it, you know, it, it seems and feels so far away. But for Anna, you know, the HR leader, during this pandemic, what has changed in, in your leadership style? What things are you doing differently now that, uh, that you may uh, not have considered before? What things did you leave behind that you said, you know what, I cannot bring this thing, that skill, that capability, that thinking to this new reality because it doesn't really apply? What, what has changed in you uh, because of the pandemic? Yeah, so um, I think one of the things that I've always struggled with is communication. Um, I think it's so important, but yet I get so caught up in what's going on in my day to day, you know, and focusing on coming up with what are we going to do to response to COVID. Sometimes I forget to just talk about it. So one of the things that I've been ha having to pay more attention to, and I have a lot of room for improvement, is communication and being in front of um, employees and letting them know what's going on um, within our company just in general. So I think that's one area where I noticed because of COVID how I tend to forget about it because I get so caught up. And I didn't notice it before until COVID happened. And then I noticed, wow, I really need to be better at getting in front of my communication. So it's one of those things, I, like I said, it's still a work in progress, but it's one of those areas I need, I've, I've noticed I really need to focus on a little more. Um, the leave behind, um, I've always been a huge proponent of technology and trying to implement it when it comes to workflows um, in any area I can to then give, you know, let us humans do what humans do, especially in a people team. Um, I, the way I didn't really prioritize it before, again, because there's just so much work going on. Um, but I do think that that's one area where we need to leave that behind for sure. Yeah. Anything in our HR team where um, that is very manual is we need to start getting rid of it so that it gives us more space to focus on our people. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. And, and uh, I think uh, you're absolutely right. And, and, and one thing that I'm seeing in leaders, of course, is um, that they are like we talked about before, you know, they're becoming more human and behaving more, in a more human way. And now, you know, we have, we have a look into, I mean, I have a window to your house, you know, I see, you know, your lamp, your calendar back there. So everybody has a window into everybody else's house now. And, you know, I know your kids and, uh, you know, that, that has created more, in my, in my view, more empathy uh, towards uh, one another, because now we know, well, Anna is not just the business leader. She's the mom and, you know, she's the, the daughter and she's the neighbor and this is all that she's going through right now. Yeah. And I, I feel that some of the things she's going through resonate with me 
because I'm going through similar things, right? So right. I, I'm, we are embracing that humanity more than uh, in, a, in a stronger way than, than before. And that's beautiful, I, I would say, and especially for HR leaders that are suffering themselves, all that's happening, but they are in the front line of business continuity. So it's like a double whammy of, of complexity in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, that's a great point. I, you know, what, um, one of the positives coming out of this is what an advantage for an employee to get to see our CEO in the same space as them, right? If the CEO yeah. is not sitting in their corner office away from everybody else. They're in their room, just like you and I. So I think it's definitely... Um, brought the human back to the people. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I think it's a great positive takeaway. And if yeah. you can kind of carry that into as we start talking about return to office, how do we continue to take the positives that have come out of this experience and um, bring that back into the office and not just go back to the old way? Because we yeah, shouldn't. Absolutely. I think definitely we need to think about what does our new normal look like? Absolutely. And I hope this continues to be part of the new normal. Uh, and as we wrap up this conversation, I, I want to ask you a two-part question. One of them is what excites you about the future and, and, and what concerns you about the future? Um, I think it's exciting to be in HR right now. It's exciting yeah. to be, I, this whole experience, I think, has shined a light on what we're able to do. Um, and how we can help maneuver an organization when we need to and help really um, continue to keep people feeling um, safe and excited about where they work, even in a situation like COVID. So um, that's exciting. It's really exciting for me to see that. And the whole conversation about bringing humanity back to the HR function, I think that's definitely um, accelerated through this whole experience. So that I'm excited to see where we go from here. Um, I think challenges is trying to, um, we talk about human and making people human. I think one of these things is I don't, I don't think this work from home or this virtual aspect of what's going on in COVID is gonna go away. I think people yeah. have liked the experience of having the flexibility of work from home and companies are gonna, gonna have to adjust to that. What we lose with that is a little bit of humanity as well, because you lose that one-on-one -on -one conversation, the sitting in the same room with somebody, you know, social isolation is a big thing. So I think yeah. that's going to be a really big challenge that we're going to have to start shifting our mindset to. And how do we, how do we address social isolation when everything is virtual? Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, that's going to be, I'm curious to know how this is all going to unravel when, when, when there's no more coronavirus and, and we, we get into a stage of, well, you know, now people can safely return to work. Um, I, know, I know there are people that are dying to go back to an office because that's what yeah. they like. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like the, the vacation from, from their reality at home yes. <laughs> and, and from all the things that happen at home. But there are some other people that think, you know what? I mean, I was getting into three, four hour commute before and I don't, I don't have any of that right now. You know, so mm -hmm. those, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting those four hours back to my life, you know, and I can use them yeah. to either work, exercise, sleep, whatever it is. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how this is going, uh, this is going to unravel as, as we transition out of this, when we start transitioning out of this, um, of this, you know, uh, tragedy of coronavirus. Um, Anna, great conversation. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you, Enrique. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.